Hi, welcome to the City View Phoenix podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Have you ever gone to a family reunion and you asked somebody at your family and you said, who is that and how are we related to them? Anybody ever been there? Am I the only one? There's a handful, plenty of us. We've been there. You've been there. And if you have a big family, I have a, I have a pretty big family. I have, I alone have five brothers and sisters. My dad has four brothers and sisters. My and then my mom and my family. There's a lot of us, and I've been to family. I even have some cousins on my on. Well, my family. So I come for those who don't know. I I come from a, 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 a divorced family. So if any of you ever and and experienced, I had somebody say. Really? You, so you can understand that? Is it, well, yeah, I mean, we're all not perfect. We all have different things in our life. I have some cousins that have kids that I don't, I don't know their names. Anybody else? I have cousins that I know their names, and then I know they've had kids, and their kids have had kids, and I still go, wait, you had another kid? Um, so we have those families where you look going, who is that, and, and, and how are we related to them, and, and what's their name? And, and I think some of us, this, th- so this series, Better Than Jesus, I know some of you, that's going to sting you wrong, and it's going to rub you the wrong way all, all this entire series, and especially today. I know some of you, you're going to be annoyed, you're going to be frustrated. I had somebody after service confront me yesterday, today, and I'm like, yes, that's the whole goal of this. And then even in that conversation that we had, we were talking, because the whole sermon is about the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, but the, you know, and we, I, I want you by the end of the series, by the end of the three weeks, that we, you can experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And they said, I don't even know that I've ever known anything about the power of the Holy Spirit. I go, that's the point. That's the point. You know, and, and you know, we may have these families, and all of a sudden you meet a family member, and you go, why have we never hung out with them? They're fun. They're a lot of fun. Why don't they? Well, that's your uncle, and we just don't talk about him. Anybody have them? You see, the Holy Spirit, I think he gets that rap. you got some denominations that tell you the Holy Spirit is non-existent anymore. The power and what he does in your life, he doesn't do that anymore. They're wrong. I'll just tell you right now. He is moving. He's active. He's alive. He does things. He wants to do things in your life that you have never even experienced yet. And I can't wait to get through this series. But the Holy Spirit, over the next three weeks, we're going to look at three things in the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at today, who he is, who he is. Next week, how he helps us live our lives. And the final week, unless I decide to add more, who knows, how he uses you and I. That's the goal over the next three weeks. And you say, okay, Jeremiah, you say better than Jesus. How do you even get that? Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 7. But in fact, it is best, it is to your advantage, it is to to your advantage, or it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate, the helper, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Better than Jesus. Now, is the Holy Spirit really better than Jesus? No. No. They're all equally just as important. The idea is a trigger thought that you might be missing out on something you didn't even realize. So let's get started in this series, Better Than Jesus, and realize that there is somebody who wants to empower your life to live a life that you never even dreamed you could. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much.
Thank you so much. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd fill this room. I ask that you'd, you'd fall upon each and every life in here. Holy Spirit, I ask that we would learn from you because you are our teacher. So I ask that you would help us have understanding, help our minds to be stretched a little bit today. God, I ask that you'd meet us in a special way, Lord, like only you can. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd move upon churches all throughout the valley, Lord, not just here. Lord, I ask that you'd move at, at um, Desert Breeze. Lord, I ask that you'd move at Apollo Baptist. I ask that you'd move at Cross Church. And I ask that you'd move at Hope Valley and Calvary Phoenix and, and at CCV. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would move in our lives and in this building today, that we might live lives that you have called us to live. And it's only through the name of Jesus that we can do this. It's only by the power of God and the, the flowing and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we can live, live these lives. So, so God, fill this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. My name is Jeremiah. I'm the lead pastor here at City View, and I just want to say welcome. Welcome to a place that we call the perfect place for imperfect people. We say it, but we don't just say it. We believe it. Today, my hope is that each and every one of us would leave knowing how much we need the Holy Spirit. That's my hope. I hope that you leave today with a little more understanding of who he is. That's my hope. Over the next three weeks, my hope is that you would learn so much and that you would desire that he would fill you and flow through you. That's my hope over the next few weeks. You see, when many people think of the Holy Spirit, they think of some weird things. They think of ghosts. How many of you have heard the term Holy Ghost before? Maybe the first time you heard it, you were a little kid in church, and the preacher's like, and Holy Ghost, I ask that you would fill this room, and you're a little kid, and you're going, uh, no, thank you. I don't like ghosts. Anybody in here scared of ghosts? It's okay. Whether they're real or not, I don't know, but I don't want them real. I prefer them not. So maybe you heard the term Holy Ghost. Maybe some of you, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, you talk about the, you say it in the name, him, in the name, it. Oh, I love Jesus, I love God, and man, the Holy Spirit, it's cool or something and th and that we maybe that's sort of our idea it's he there's god he's real he's he's like big guy you never really see him he floats in the clouds and he's just god he's like ruler and you have jesus you're like he's so personal he loves me and all this and then you have the holy spirit you're like yeah it's cool whatever it does i want to help us move from him being called it to him being called him and to realizing he's the one that actually has the personal relationship with you. Because there's so much that we are going to learn today. Maybe we think of Holy Spirit as, as a power, as a supernatural being. Maybe it's just a force. Or maybe it's this, this elusive substance, the Holy Spirit. He's just this floating thing that just sort of does something in life. But that's not. So who is he really? That's a question that I plan on answering today. We're going to look at three things today. We're going to look at his personhood, meaning who he is, the personality, the personhood of Jesus, of, of the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at his position, meaning his deity and his position in creation, his part. And we're going to look at his passion. Those are the three main things. Now, let me tell you, I, I study. I study all the time. That's what I do. I read a lot. I read Every day, all day, I started a book this week called 
it's on your paper. Did everybody get one of these? If you didn't get one of these, raise your hand so the usher can get you one or one of our team members. You need this because I want each of you to have one of these. So if you didn't get one, make sure you do. Um, keep it in your Bible. But I'm reading this book called, uh, it's called The Holy Spirit, but they changed the title recently, The Person and Work of the Holy Spirit. Man, it's blowing my mind. I am learning things I never, ever knew. And I hope today, I was talking to a, a young lady after service. She goes, I just read that, and I never knew that. And you're going, what are you talking about? I'm going to get there. But first, we're going to look at the Holy Spirit and his personhood. So if you didn't get one of these, raise your hand, um, and we're going to get you one. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it. And I really didn't sit in this, did I? He told me I only sat in it twice, and I'm realizing I just use it as something to hold my arm. Thanks, Travis. The Holy Spirit has personal characteristics and attributes. He's not some kind of force or elusive substance. Jesus says this of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 3. John chapter 16, verse 3. In the New American Standard, Jesus says this. But when he... Speaking of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to need this paper till the very end, just so you know. You can write notes in the back. But when he, speaking of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. Jesus says, but when he... So Jesus here tells us some things what the Holy Spirit's going to do. But when he, the spirit of truth. Man, right now, it is like fact-check galore on social media. Any of you guys ever, your posts ever been blocked because it's been fact-checked? It's crazy, right? So we're trying to battle what's true and what's not. Anybody trying to really trying to figure out, so what's the truth out there right now? Anybody trying to figure out what's true, what's real What's honest? Who should I believe? Jesus says, but when he, the spirit of truth, he will only bring truth. He's going to bring truth to you, and he's going to do it through his word. If you're looking for truth in any other place, you're going to always be looking and struggling for it. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will, what else will he do? He's going to guide you. I don't know about you, but I need guidance in my life. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how he does these things. I'm not going to go crazy in depth right now. I know I, I want to. My, the notes I had were like 30 pages long. I went into Mark, and I said, Mark, here's my, my seven points. Mark said, no. I said, Mark, here's my five. He said, no, that's too many. I had seven before I went to him. He goes, how about narrow it down to three? It's easier to remember, I said. All right. He goes, if you really want to share more, you can do a YouTube sidestep on it. I'm like, okay, thanks for making me feel happy. Preachers like to preach. Talkers like to talk. And I'm both. It says, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears. So here's the Holy Spirit. You've got the Holy Spirit. You've got God. You've got Jesus. They all come together, but the Holy Spirit is the one speaking to you. So when you're thinking of whoever else is speaking to you, it says the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to give you the word from God. It's that part of God that speaks to your heart. That's how it works. So many of us spend so much time praying to God, praying to Jesus, and nothing. They're all 
number one most important. But the thing is, when we start understanding, it's the Holy Spirit who's doing the work. And when we're not praying to him, you're missing out on something. This week I was sitting in my chair. I've been reading about the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but usually he gets a tagline. He doesn't get a moment in my prayer. He's like, I'm like, dear God, thank you so much, Spirit. I ask that you would do this. Jesus, 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 Lord, Lord, Lord. Anybody pray like me? And I go, Holy Spirit, this is my prayer this week, sitting in my, my brown lazy boy chair. I sit, I sit like this in my lazy boy chair. Anybody else like do this? It's, how I, it's weird. And my legs don't fall asleep. But it, I'm ADD. This controls my energy. So if you wonder how I do it, I don't, it's just a self-taught thing. So I'm like, Holy Spirit, fill my house. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd speak to me. This is my prayer. I don't know, it's not verbatim, but Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fall upon my wife right now and speak to her. This is, and all of the, Holy Spirit, I ask that your presence would fill this place. And as I'm praying this, there is something special about the moments, and I've been doing it all week. That's going to be your homework this week, but I'm getting to the end, and I need to say where I am. So the Holy Spirit, and it says, and he will disclose to you, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. Here's some characteristics of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to go into any of these verses. That's something you can do this week. You can write this down. You can read this week. If you're wondering, what should I read in my Bible? Here are a handful of verses that you can read. Number one, the Holy Spirit. Characteristics, human characteristics of the Holy Spirit, or person characteristics. Not human. I shouldn't say human. Person characteristics. He has a mind. He has a mind. And if you want to take a picture of it, I can get out of the way. But he has a mind. Romans chapter 8, verse 27. He speaks. John 16, 13. He teaches. John 14, 26. He testifies, meaning he gives evidence. Acts chapter 20, verse 23. And John chapter 15, verse 26. He can be grieved. Ephesians 4.30, and he can be tested. Acts 5.9. These are characteristics only of a person. These aren't of an it or anything else. These are things of a person. So I encourage you, read those this week. So that's the first part. He, Jesus identifies him as a he. And we see in each of these passages identified as a person, the, 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 the personhood of the Holy Spirit. Next, now we're going to look at his position. We're first going to look at his position, meaning his deity. And then we're going to look at his position or his part in creation. The Holy Spirit is, is part of the Godhead. And what many of us, maybe you've heard of the term the Trinity. Anybody heard of the term Trinity before? Th that's the idea of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Godhead. It's, it's three in one. There are things about God that we will never understand. I'm just going to lay that out. There are things about God that I will never, ever, ever fully understand. I'm not going to get it. And I have to be okay with that. Some of us were not okay with that. But if you could understand God, wouldn't that make you equal to him? If you knew everything, and he's like, oh, yeah, of course I know that. I mean, that's the easiest thing. God, let me, let me correct you on that. If we could know everything about him and then start correcting him, something's wrong there. So there are going to be things about, okay, so wait, there's God, there's Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They're all three, yet they're different. 
it's, it's an impossibility to fully understand because we don't have anything like that in creation. The closest thing we have, which I know is going to be a super far stretch of an illustration, you cannot follow this illustration all the way through. I was already corrected last service, and I told the person that corrected me, I said, I prefaced this illustration saying, you can't take this illustration far. But I've heard it described, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, as the different shapes water takes. Water has a solid, has a liquid, and has a, is, can be a vapor, yet it's the same thing. It's all water, but in three forms. Yet, those would be three separate things, and the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and God are yet three in one. They're all the same, yet the three distinct personalities. So you can't take that illustration super far, but it's the best thing to help us understand. Okay, so you can actually have three different things, yet one. So the Holy Spirit... His position, his deity. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, it says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is one of the only places in the Bible where we see each, each person of the Trinity being spoken of in one verse. There's not many. This is one of them. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, 14, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Be with you all. Now, what I love about this verse is it, it speaks to a little bit about the personality of each part of the Godhead. You have the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have, you have the, the heart of Jesus in desiring to give grace to all of mankind. That's the first thing that we see here. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The, the willingness to die on a cross. The willingness to, to be able to offer forgiveness to all of mankind. And then you have, and the love of God. The, the desire of God to love all mankind. The heart of God, and so many times we get God, if you know anybody who, who is struggling with whether or not they want to cross the line of faith and take the adventure of following Jesus with their life, following God, and, and they're going, no way, because, man, God's mean. You, you see God, why would he allow evil? Why is God doing this? And, and so many times God gets pointed out as this evil, as this, look at the God of the Old Testament, and all, look at all he's done, and you, and you see all those things. We see, we, we see here, God's desires to be defined by his love. So the writer, Paul, says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship. We see that the heart of the Holy Spirit is to bring about a fellowship with us and God. That's what the Holy Spirit, that's what he wants to do, is to bring a relationship to us with God. He's the one that's going to interpret our prayers. He's the one that's going to help us understand. He's going to be the one that teaches us how to live this life and give us the power to live each and every day. So we see this fellowship, this relationship, this desire, this, this, this almost like a brotherhood. You know how you have those friends that just help you get through each and every day? They're just they're gonna cheer you on. They're they're gonna they're those those friends that you feel like giving up, you're at the gym, you're working out, and they're the ones that 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 cuss you out, maybe. That tell you, don't you, you don't quit, you little, and they say words that normally you don't ever want to hear, but in that moment you're like, I needed that. I had a friend I was trying out for the police department, running the whatever you have to run. I can't remember. It's like a mile and a half or something like that. And I'm running, and I'm, and I'm tired. We've already done, like, all the other workout and stuff. And I'm ready to quit. And I already know I didn't make it. I already, like, didn't pass the sit-up side. 
So I already know. I passed the written. I passed the weightlifting, all the other parts, but the sit of the jumping over the wall, all that. Sit upside. It was it seriously. It was like God sat on my chest and said, "I did not call you to be a police officer. I called you to be a pastor. So I'm, you're going to quit right now." But you see, I don't. I don't quit. I was not taught to ever be a quitter. You finish things through. So I'm running the. I can't remember how long. And who? If you know how long it is, shout it out. But I'm running around the track, and I feel like quitting because I'm like, "Why well, quit?" And then I've got this friend David, who's run. Who he had already finished. Jerk. And he comes back to me, and he starts yelling things you're not supposed to yell at people, speaking a language totally foreign to me. But it was that encouragement and that voice I needed to keep going. Fellowship of the Spirit. It's that spirit that speaks things into our hearts that keeps going. It's that voice that all of a sudden you hear that's like, I've got to keep going. It's that, that voice that says, speak to that person. I don't want to get too far ahead because that's going to go into next week's. But that's that verse talking about God, the Father, God, the Son, the Trinity. And then we see here in, in Acts chapter 5, verses 3 through 4, I, I'm telling you, I, you might see my excitement. I'm really, I've been excited about preaching today. Okay? I really am. I really am, because I feel like if we as a church can grasp this, we're walking into a time in our, our history of a nation where if we do not have the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to fall as a church. But if we stand up and we are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, we're going to rock this world. I believe it, but we need the power of the Holy Spirit. I feel like this is a sermon, this is a series, this is a, uh, the person of the Holy Spirit is what the church needs, and if this one church, if just City View Church, a church of 300 people that come on Sunday morning, if we can be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We will change our city and change the world. We will be a thriving church with thriving people leaving legacies. I believe it. Back to Acts chapter 5. So in Acts chapter 5, this is where we're going to see how the Holy Spirit isn't just the Holy Spirit and part of God, but he is God. There's a story of a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira. They decided to sell land. They sold some property and they bring it before Peter and the disciples and they had made a decision beforehand, hey, we're going to tell them we sold everything but we're actually going to keep part of it. Anybody ever lied? No, just kidding. Don't tell me if you've ever lied like that before. Just ask for forgiveness right now. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back from the price of land, some of the price of land? While it remained unsold, he, he's like, Ananias, it was yours. Did it not remain your own? It was your money. And after it was sold, was it not under your control? You, you didn't have to give us all of it. It was yours. You could have said, hey, here's 20%. And they would have been like, thank you. Here's 10%. They would have been like, thank you. Here's 5%. They would have been like, you cheapskate. Um, but he says, it was under your control. But why is it that you have conceived that this deed is in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to who? God. Verse 3, it says, you lied to who? The Holy. Say it with me. He lied to who? The Holy. Now he tells us, Peter tells us, he goes a little more into it. Who did he lie to? He says, you did not lie to men, you lied to who? God. So we see that the Holy Spirit is God. How does that all work? I don't know. I don't know. A person asked me the other day, so why does your dog, your female dog, why is she wearing that diaper? And I said, well, young man, 
because. Because I don't know how to explain it to you right now at this age in your life. This is one of those things that's not only that, but it's I, I just don't know how it all works. And I never will. But guess what? I'm okay with it. Because I'm okay with a, my God being way bigger than I could ever explain. I'm glad I can't explain him away. So, the Holy Spirit. How, how did, how, how, the Holy Spirit, he was in creation. I don't know how many of us realize that the Holy Spirit was part of creating the heavens and the earth. We know that God was because Genesis 1-1. For anybody who's been born in the church, or you were not born in the church, that would be totally different. But anybody who's, you were, went to church, you have any kind of church background, you, you probably have heard Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we look saying, okay, yeah, God created everything. And if you've been in the church a little longer, you know John chapter 1, verse 3. And Jesus, in the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So you're like, yeah, of course, Jesus was there, because he was in the beginning with God. You know, God was there, because it says God created the heavens and the earth. But the Holy Spirit, he, like, paused. He came later, when Jesus said to come. He's occasionally a ghost that people see, like, throughout the, you know, that's what, but, no, the thing is, God was there. Yes, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God. Verse 2, it says, if you read that with me, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, and let me tell you, I've read this, but it clicked as I studied it. It says, the earth was formless and void. This is the part where the young lady came up to me after service. She said, I just read this this week. God's cool. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. The Holy Spirit was there. And not only that, but we see that all three persons were there. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Let us make man in our image. In our image. And, and, and she pointed out, Jeremiah, that, that shows me how important fellowship and community is. Even God is always with others. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the importance of us. And that's so important for us to take that message. And then we know that Jesus was there. John chapter 1, verse um, 1 through 3. And the word was in the beginning. I heard it explained like this when it talked about each of their role in creation. God the Father was the designer. God was the designer. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He was the creator. He determined the order. He was the master planner. He said, this is going to go first, and then this, and then this. And then Jesus, he was the executor, the executor, the one who, who, who did all, all the work. He's the one that, that came. It says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has become. Some of you are like, that's a lot of being, 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 being. I agree. Read it yourself. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2. Through whom also he, Jesus, made the world. You see, and those two things we're comfortable with. We're comfortable with, okay, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Yes, Jesus, it says, we know, maybe some of you are like, I know, okay, yeah, of course Jesus would be there because he's God's son. Like, why wouldn't you take your son along? That's not the same idea as God and Son. But the Holy Spirit, His role, so God is the designer. 
Jesus was the, the executor, and the Holy Spirit is the finisher, the beautifier, the, the completer. It says in Genesis 1, verse 2, the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. Here's a verse I'd read and I'd never noticed before. Job chapter 26, verse 13. And his Spirit made the heavens beautiful. Made the heavens beautiful. You see, the Holy Spirit's role in creation was to finish it, to beautify it, to complete it, to, to put finishing touches on it. So who is the Holy Spirit? Well, when we, we know he's a person. That he doesn't want to be known as an it. He wants to be part of your life. We, we learn that he's equal in, pos, in position with God, that he and God and Jesus are equal. He wants to be involved with our life just like he was in creation. He wants to be, he wants to finish our life. I don't know how many of you have ever been part of building a home. But when you build a home, it's got very similar processes. The first part of the home is what? You've got to have a designer, somebody who draws it out and, and designs it for you. And, and they pick what's going to go where and how is it going to go. And you've got the designer and they draw it up. And then you've got the person that's got to start doing the build out, right? You, you've, got the, you've got the framing stage. You've got the, the foundation stage. You've got the wiring stage. It's called the rough stage. So you've got the designer, and then you've got the rough stage. And then you've got that person that puts the finishing st the touches on it. They, they, they put the flooring down. They, they put the cabinets in. They, they put the paint on the walls. You have walls, but then you've got to have paint. And then they put the light switch covers on. You know, those are important, right? And see, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they're doing all those things in our life. Each one of those roles are happening in the Holy Spirit. And when he, when, when he comes into our lives and upon our lives, he's finishing our lives. He's doing that sanctifying, that changing work in us. When you, you, you look and you, maybe you have seen a friend who all of a sudden they started going to church and their life changed. And you wonder how in the world did it happen? Was it the church building? Was it the pew you sat in? Was it that, that purple juice? I knew alcohol was good. And they may not know it, but it was the Holy Spirit filling their life, giving them the power to say no when they need to say no, giving them the power to say yes when they need to say yes, filling them with a the joy, filling them with his presence so that they might live a life that they never thought they could. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing in each of our lives. So we've looked at how the Holy Spirit, here is the personhood of G the Holy Spirit. We looked at his um, position and deity. And now we're going to look at his passion. His passion, which I think, I don't think there's a more important part. Each, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, they're all equal. But we need the Holy Spirit. I think we're missing out. And here's his role, his passion in redemption. His part in dying for us on the cross. Which I think many of us, we have, we have so segregated God and Jesus and, we, and the Holy Spirit. We leave the Holy Spirit out of that. That was only Jesus. But you see, it was all three of them that had the idea. But why? Why do we need? What does redemption even mean? It's, it's mostly used in just Christian terms. Or if you bought something, you're like, I want to redeem my prize. First, redemption is to, it's to redeem. It means to to get money back, or to get something, buying it back as, as the idea. But what are we needing bought back from? 
See, all mankind has a debt. Anybody ever been in debt before? It stinks when you're in debt. Because when you're in debt, if you've ever been in debt, you have these things called debt collectors. And they love to call. They're faithful. 2007, 2008, my wife and I lost our house. We designed everything, so we, we know that whole phase. We watched it happen. We watched it get designed. We picked where cabinets were going to go, and we picked to not have our cabinets end, but have them extended, all that. And then the market crashed. We couldn't afford our house. We had a kid, and my wife quit her job. And all of a sudden, we've got a mortgage of $2,400 a month that I can't play, pay on a, I wasn't a pastor at that time. I was a maintenance guy. Maintenance guys don't make a lot of money, at least where I was. So we lost the house, and every day, you know, and we, we had an 80-20 loan. So our house, when it got sold, when we sold it, we sold it for, like, less than half of what we had bought it for. So one part of the 80% part of the bank, they got all the money. The 20% part of our loan, they got no money. And they called me every day, reminding me of my debt. Any of you ever sin, make a mistake, or do something and get reminded of that every single day? The mistake you made, a reminder, something you see in a TV show, something you see somewhere, and you see and you're reminded of that mistake every day. It haunts you. It taunts you. It speaks at you. It reminds you. You get that phone call like I got from those creditors every day. Let me tell you, those phone calls, they start off sort of nice. Hey, sir, how are you? I'm good. Hey, you know, how can we help you set up to pay off your how forty, sixty thousand dollars that you owe us? I'm like, oh dear Lord, that's impossible. I will never be able to pay you back that money. Bye. Click. And then you start ignoring. Then you start getting letters. You're like, Jeremiah, you know this. I was in there. I was in that moment. Then all of a sudden one day, you know, so why do we need redeeming? Because God created the heavens and the earth, He made it perfect. Adam and Eve sinned. Adam and Eve, you might think, but if I was in Adam and Eve's place, I sure would not have eaten the fruit. Okay, how many of you touch wet paint? And it says, "What don't touch wet paint, and you're like, but how wet is it really? Is this an old sign? Anybody ever, who, am I the only person that does that? Don't walk on the grass. You're like, whatever, you're not my boss. Some of you, it's like a mask, even with the mask, it said, the sign says, wear a mask. You're like, uh-uh. We all, we all push against. We all have a rebellious side in us. Whether it's touching paint, not walking on grass, not yelling somewhere you're not supposed to yell, whatever it is, we all have that rebellious side in us. So you can say, I wouldn't have even the fruit, eaten the fruit. <laughs> whatever. I would have. I'm like, I'm hungry. God, there's nothing closer. God, like, there's another tree right there. But then I have to get out of my chair. You still do it, don't you? You're like, oh, I would have done it too. You see, we all, we all sin. We're all covered in it. We all have that debt collector calling us. Sin keeps reminding us. Sin is what keeps us out of heaven. Sin is what separates us from God. And God can't have sin in his presence. The, the only payment of sin is death, but it's a perfect death. And no matter how hard we try, we will never do it. And God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all came up with a plan of how are we going to redeem mankind so that they can be with us in heaven. No matter how hard we try, we can't, but 
Jesus could and he died. Each person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, had a part in our redeeming process. Here are the roles. I, I heard it taught this way. God thought it. God thought it. John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. God thought it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give my son so that whoever believes in him, they don't have to perish, but they can have everlasting life. They can have a changed life forever. God thought it. Jesus bought it. Jesus bought it. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. But we do see him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for the good ones. Taste death for those who do a pretty okay with living life. No, that he might taste death for everyone. Revelation 5, 9, for we were, for you, speaking of Jesus, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood. Men from every tribe, every tongue, and every people, and every nation. Jesus did that with his life. Jesus bought it. God thought it. Jesus bought it. The Holy Spirit taught it. I did not come up with this. I straight up stole it. And whoever I stole it from, he stole it from somebody else. He said it in his sermon. I don't even know the guy's name. The Holy Spirit taught it. See, the Holy Spirit, he's the revealer, the finisher, the completer. John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Romans 8, 16, the Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit, is speaking to the spirit in us. That we are children of God. God the Father thought it. Jesus bought it. The Holy Spirit taught it. I gave each one of you one of these papers. Now there's so much more when it comes to the Holy Spirit. This is just a taste. Some of you are like, I know so many more. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you should have read this verse and this verse. You don't even know how many verses I deleted. It was like I was deleting the Bible this week. Okay, I felt guilty. I don't, I, I know I'm going to heaven, but I felt like such a, there's so much. That's why we have more coming. But when I was reading this week, I, I read this section, and I didn't want to keep it to myself. I wanted to give it to you, because I think this, this speaks so clearly. R.A. Torrey wrote this. If it had not been for the love of God the Father, looking down upon me and my utter ruin, and providing a perfect atonement, that means payment, for me in the death of his own son on the cross of Calvary, I would have been lost today. If it had not been for the love of Jesus Christ, the eternal word of God, looking upon me in my utter ruin and in, and in obedience to the Father, putting aside all the glory of heaven, for all the shame of earth and taking my place, the place of the curse upon the cross of Calvary and pouring out his life utterly for me, I would have been lost today. But if it had not been for the love of the Holy Spirit, sent by the Father in answer to the prayer of the Son, leading him to seek me out in my utter blindness and ruin, utter blindness and ruin to follow me day after day, 
week after week, year after year, when I persistently turned a deaf ear to his pleadings, following me through paths of sin where it must have been agony for the Holy One to go. Who can say an amen to that? Who's been there? Who's been leading a life? And you're like, man, I can't believe I went there. Why did I ever do that? Okay, but that's not where it ends. Until at last I listened. Thank you, God, for giving me a listening ear. I listened. And he opened my eyes to see my utter ruin and then revealed Jesus to me as just the Savior that would meet my every need and then enable me to receive this Jesus as my own Savior. If it had not been for this patient, long-suffering, never-tiring, infinitely tender love of the Holy Spirit, I would have been lost today. This is my story. If it had not been of God, I would be lost today. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would be lost today. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I would be lost today. The Holy Spirit is a person that many of us need in our lives, and we never even knew it. It is the Holy Spirit who keeps us. He protects us. He walks with us and he lives through us. This week, here's what I want you to do. I want you, as you spend time in prayer, and your prayer time might be short or long, but I want you to pray to the Holy Spirit. It might be weird. It might be uncomfortable. The Holy Spirit, I know we are serious is titled better. He's not. He's equal to all of us. But Jesus says it is best that he goes because we need him. We need him. So this week as you pray, pray things like, thank you, Holy Spirit, for your influence in my life. Holy Spirit, I ask that your presence would fill my room today. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would teach me. Pray things like, Holy Spirit, guide me. I encourage you, pray that way. And see what God does in and through you. You see, God moves through lives. The power of the Holy Spirit in the presence of the Holy Spirit is what will change you and help you live a life that you never thought you could. Today, we've got four people getting baptized. Yeah, you give it up. We've got four people being baptized today. Taking that next step. And that might be your next step today. That might be your next step going, you know what, I need more of God, and your next step might be baptism. You maybe, maybe you've given your life to Jesus, but you've never been baptized. Baptism is that statement saying, you know what, God, I am yours. And it, you may, maybe you have excuses. I don't have clothes to change into. I don't have a towel. Guess what? We have all of that right in that room over there to your left, my right. So if you know you need to be baptized today, Take that next step now. But my hair is all done. There's a young lady right here in front of me. That's, that was her. She had her nice fancy dress on and her hair and makeup and all that. And I preached just like this. And she's like, Ugh, I got to get baptized today. And so she did all pretty and everything and changed her from her pretty dress and all that and got our clothes that aren't cool. But you see, there's a point in your life you realize it doesn't matter how cool you are, it's how cool Jesus is. 
And if you're getting baptized, say you go ahead and get up and go meet us in this room. But if that's your next step, if you know God speaking to you, get up and do it now. Don't let something keep you from that next step. And let me tell you, I can't wait till next week. As we continue our series, Better Than Jesus, and we look at how the Holy Spirit, how He wants to help us live our life. So don't miss next week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for filling our life. Thank you for giving us life. Jesus, thank you for dying for us on a cross. And Holy Spirit, thank you for filling us with the power to live. Thank you for changing our lives. If you are in here now and you've never given your life to Jesus, you are carrying the debt of your sin. Every day you're getting reminded. You're getting that call. It's not from a debt collector. It's from your sin collector. And you feel like every day the reaper is calling saying, you owe me. You owe me. Look at what you did. You should be ashamed. You should be ashamed. You shouldn't be at church today. How can you be here today? You know what you did. You know who you are. You know how you've lived. You know. You know. You remember. You remember. And they're reminding you the debt collector is calling you. Today, Jesus Christ wants to say, I died for you and I want to set you free. If that is you, today, I ask that you pray with me. I don't have special words. I'm just going to guide your words. Just say, dear God, I believe that your son Jesus died on a cross for me. Dear Jesus, I believe that your death on the cross sets me free. Jesus, I ask that you forgive me. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd fill me. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would bless each person. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd fill this room. Bless our time as, Lord, we enjoy baptisms today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out our website at cityviewphx.com or download the CityView app on the App Store.